This Manage Smarter episode is brought to you by SalesFuel's Coach Feed, your AI-powered assistant sales coach. Improve your salespeople with automated regular coaching in just two minutes a day with CoachFeed. For more information, visit CoachFeed.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. Welcome to Manage Smarter, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about culturally, and boy, our guest today is an expert in this arena. I'm Audrey Strong. I'm the Vice President of Communications here at SalesFuel. I'm C. Lee Smith, the President and CEO of SalesFuel, and we've talked about culture before on the show in the three plus years that we've been doing it, but today, I think we're going to take a little bit of a twist on it because with everybody working remote, I'm very curious to learn about how people can maintain a culture a company culture or a team culture when everybody is not together in the same office. So we've got just the guy who can tell us about that. Just the guy. Brett Putter is joining us live from England. Hi, Brett. Thank you for coming. Audrey, thanks very much for having me. It's great to be on the show. It's great to have you. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Brett, he is an expert in company culture, as we said, the development of it, and is consulted by companies and leaders worldwide to help design, develop, and build high-performing cultures. And the CEO of Culture Gene, what a great company name that is, a culture leadership software and services platform. Prior to founding Culture Gene, Brett spent 16 years as managing partner of a leading executive search firm based in London, working with startups and high-growth companies in the UK, Europe, and USA. He's got a book out called Culture Dex Decoded and a second book called Own Your Culture, How to Define, Embed, and Manage Your Company. Uh, that came out in last September. And so I, I am fascinated by the whole idea of building a culture through what you call a decision checklist. What is that and how do you implement it? <laughs> so yeah, that's a that's a, a good question. So essentially, there are only there are only six ways to embed culture, and um, culture is this invisible, subconscious, intangible thing. But when it comes to embedding it, it's a, it's actually quite simple. So the checklists are: what are you rewarding and recognizing? What are you measuring and what are you paying attention to? Where are you investing and allocating resources? How are you doing your training, learning, and development? How do you behave in crisis situations and how are you hiring, firing and promoting? And if I give you a quick example, if the CEO says, you know, customer success is really important to us, but he doesn't invest in it, doesn't reward and recognize it, doesn't hire good people for it and doesn't deal with crisis situations in the right way, your team know that it doesn't mean anything to you. So your behavior demonstrates really what, how you're embedding your culture. And so that's the checklist for you and your leadership team. Brett, how do you define culture? Everyone has, seems to have a different definition these days. Yeah, so there are a bunch of definitions. The one I like is literally as broad as possible, the way we do things around here. So hmm. it's, um, it, it, it covers everything. Culture is not limited to some, you know, it's not sales, it's not engineering. It should be a function that covers all of your functions, all of your processes, and your leadership team. So it really is the way we do things around here, which is which makes sense to me because culture develops over time as we learn what's successful and what's not successful. And so that's how our culture gets set over time. You know, for me, the only thing I don't like about that definition is that it's, you know, really all about practical thinking. It's all about the task, how we do things around here. When reality for me is the culture is really all about the people. You know, it's not so much about the task. So what, what, you know, how, what would you say in response to that? 
I'd say the way we do things around here, the we is the, the we is the people. So that yeah. covers behavior, it covers tasks, it covers uh, broader than that. Um, but I, I particularly like it broad like that because, you know, culture, the, the tentacles of culture are everywhere in, in, every, in every part of your business. That's true. What do you think the number one mistake is most companies or managers make in regards to culture? Most companies spend the time and invest the time and get people excited about their values and then they don't do anything with them. So they, yeah. they used to stick them up on the wall and maybe print some uh, cool flyers and print it on t-shirts and mugs, but really not do anything after that. And that's the classic mistake that most companies make. Even worse, I work for a company that had a very long set of values. This is a very large, complex organization, but their values didn't match the way they treated their people. And it became more and more obvious to me. It was the height of hypocrisy and uh, it made me very uncomfortable. Um, do you want to talk about that when there's a huge disconnect between what I'm saying and what I'm actually doing? Yeah, so this this fits into, I like to talk about explicit and implicit agreements with your with your people. So the explicit agreement is what I sign when I join your company that you know discusses my work hours and my salary and my bonus and that sort of thing. The implicit agreement are the values. In other words, what I've read about your company or what you've told me about your company. And the implicit agreement is is the thing that I the reason why I'm here. I'm not really at your company to to earn the salary. Obviously that's nice. But I'm here because of the way you've communicated to me about how your culture is, what's important to you, you know, honesty, integrity, transparency, et cetera, et cetera. And then if you break that implicit agreement with me, then I feel uncomfortable. And that's exactly what your situation was. Interestingly enough, COVID is forcing most companies' implicit agreements to be broken because we agreed to work in a certain way pre-COVID and now we're working in a working in a different way, and leadership are not adapting to this, and not adapting their messaging and their actual leadership style to this new way of working. So you're a manager, and you, of course you're managing your team, and you've realized then that your company has broken that covenant with you. You know about the, the company culture. What do, what can you do? What would you recommend that say mid-level managers do in a situation like that? So it really depends on how. Um, contained your your team is if you can if you can you know if you can define your team's culture under the umbrella of the company culture and make that team really live it that's that that's definitely possible but if you really are impacted by the organization as a mid-level manager and you can't make that many changes to how you reward and recognize what you measure and and, and pay attention to how you hire hire um, and fire or promote people, then ultimately there's not much you can do. And my recommendation is leave. Mm. Wow. You, you two will probably disagree over this, but um, hiring for culture fit. Um, you say you don't think it's possible to hire for culture fit, right? Am I, do I have that right, Brett? That's correct. Okay. Why? It's, a, it's impossible because um, very few leaders can actually tell me what their culture is. Mm-hmm. So if you if you could accurately describe your culture to me right now, then I could say, okay, cool. We can now evaluate people against that culture. But your culture is this moving, changing, amorphous, mostly invisible, subconscious, intangible thing. 
So what you're actually telling me when you say you hire for culture fit, you're actually saying I hire on my gut instinct. And the problem with gut instinct is it's subject to the human carrying that gut instinct. So I could have a bad day and wake up on the wrong side of the bed and my gut instinct could be all over the place or my team's gut instinct could be completely disconnected from my gut instinct, which it is. So really what you're telling me is it's, a, it's, 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 it's <clears throat> depending on how you feel about this person, which is nonsense. You should be able to evaluate how this person fits with the values of your company. Your culture is changing all the time. Your culture is adapting and your culture is, 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 you know, you go from 10 people to 20 people to 50 to 100. The culture in the, in the 10 person company is different to the 50 is different to the 100. So who are you hiring for and what are you hiring for? Because, because you want ideally people to be connected with you at a values level. Then it doesn't matter what your culture is. So where I would disagree is that uh, I believe it's not impossible because you ought to be able to articulate what your values are and you know how you do things. And you have to be aware of what that is. That's first and foremost. And if you good luck hiring anybody if you can't do that. So that's step one. And I believe that's possible then the, to actually really dig in and, and say what's important to us, what are our values, what do we stand for, what's our purpose, uh, what do we, what kind of behavior do we accept? What kind of behavior do we not accept or discourage? Uh, I think that has to be defined before you can make a successful hire, but I don't believe it's impossible. I'm, I'm separating the words culture from values. I, I, I believe you can hire for values fit because values can be defined and, and the behaviors associated with those values can be defined. Okay. But you can't hire for culture fit because your culture cannot be defined. Yes, your values are part of it, but your culture is much bigger than that. So if you say to me, yes, we hire for values fit, then I say, thumbs up, I completely agree with you. Assuming your values are the actual values of your company, mm -hmm. not the values your leadership team may wish they were for your company. So let's I can't tell down. you. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I'm curious. I want to dig down a little bit on that. So let's talk more about how the values differ from the culture. It's like, so how is this, what is so uh, nebulous, I guess, about culture that, that makes it undefinable as compared to, to values? So culture consists of many, many, many things and I'll rattle off a bunch here, but it's, it's, a, it's an extensive list. So behaviors, rituals, norms, habits, communication styles, principles, um, communication in stressful situations, communication in normal situations. Your culture adapts and molds with all of these moving pieces. So, so that's why when I ask most leaders to say, please define your culture, they can't. They, they waffle off a, a bunch about their values, but that's not your culture. Your values are just the core tenets of your business, one of the core tenets of your business. So that's the difference. The culture is this bigger thing. And I don't like the word culture fit because it allows leaders to not do the disciplined hard work of defining the values-based questions that they mm -hmm. should be asking. Mm -hmm. they, they then, they just revert to gut instinct and they, they revert to their intuition, which in some leaders is great, but in most leaders it isn't. And that's the reason why we make so many hiring, de hiring decisions that are wrong. I was going to say, um, when I became aware of company cultures 
you know, later in my career, early in my career, whoever would hire me, I just went there. And however it was is how it was. But I, I can't tell you how many job interviews I've been on where I've, I learned to ask the question, do you have any questions for us? Yes. What's your company culture? What's the environment like here on a day-to-day basis? And you're right. Absolutely nobody. Well, it's just normal here. Everybody's chill. That's the answer you get. You don't get any type of specific thing. And then if you entered the organization, the feel of it was completely different on the day-to-day. Is that why you say that culture is sort of beneath the surface and yeah, so 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 it's in most companies, culture is not defined. So that by definition, all companies have a culture, but if it's not defined, it means it's invisible and it happens. But it's these invisible currents between people yes. and between in, inside the organization. So that's why I say it's it's beneath the surface. There are certain things you can definitely touch and feel and see and put your finger on. You know, if you walk into I remember I remember walking walking into MTV in the in the sort of late 90s in the UK it was a really cool funky vibe and then you go into Deloitte's and you feel like you just you, you know you if you turn left you could be in the morgue or if you turn right you could be you know it's it's and that's just that really tells you that you are going to be in jeans in the one place and and people are probably going to be going to parties with rock stars and taking cocaine. And then on the other side, you're going to be in suits and ties and you won't be going to parties with rock stars, but people will probably be taking cocaine in the bathroom anyway. <laughs> Do you ever walk into a, to a building and, you know, or to a company or something like that and you just feel, you know, either you yeah. feel electricity and energy or you feel gloom and doom or you feel stress and anxiety even before you, before you actually talk to anybody there? Regularly, it's it's something that that I actually in, in in my in my in my most recent book I talk about how we sense culture, and we sense culture before we read it and and of of, of sometimes we can see it, but you sense it from how you deal with the people. You know, you 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 if you if you if you have a if you have a I've 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 had the privilege of eating in a Chick Fil A. Chick, Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, yeah. Yes. Chick-fil-A. Not on a Sunday, though, but yeah. No, no, not on a Sunday. But I, but that is such a good vibe. Those people are amazing. They, mm-hmm. they really are. There's there's just, you know, they, they're, they're happy to be where they are. And that's, obviously, they built a great culture, and we know about it. I've been on, a, on Southwest, and I've, and I, you know, and I've, but by the same token, in Europe, I've been on a Ryanair, and I will spend, I, I will spend 100% more money to avoid going on Ryanair. Mm-hmm. Most people would. Yeah, <laughs> but, but, I, but Southwest is exactly the same offering. But I enjoyed the I enjoyed the trip. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's you know that's what you get. You get that vibe, that feeling from from the people. Absolutely. What are some of the challenges that we're facing these days because of COVID and because of so many people now working remote, working from home, and everything like that? That we're not all together in the same place. Uh, that, that that you're seeing that your clients are having right now. Yeah, so this is this is unfortunately a very long list um, of, of of challenges, and it's it's. We've it's, got time. The way, I, the way I look at it is based around what we've lost, and and we've lost proximity. We've lost for these physical interaction, which human beings thrive on. We've lost the ability to read body language. We've lost the immediate immediate and reliable communication we used to get, and those informal moments, the water cooler moments. We've lost the information dissemination. We, we've lost the ability to create, create, be creative and brainstorm in the same room. I could go on and on and on. The biggest problem here, the biggest problem is the fact that leaders 
are not realizing that life, work has changed completely and utterly. And I, what I do with my clients is I, I actually take them through a process of grievance. Let's grieve for what we've lost, hmm. except hmm. we're not going back to earth the way it was. We're now on the moon. We may go back from time to time and, you know, we, but, but work has changed completely. And most leaders are, have their heads in the sand and are hoping it's going to go back to normal. And it's not. Mm-hmm. So you had said you have nine kind of ideas for remote work arrangements and you've worked with companies that are basically virtual cloud companies. What are some of the things that we should be doing? Something I like this, uh, you said, so developing social connections. Should we do a Zoom room every Friday with everybody having lunch together? What are some of these ideas? Yeah, this, this social connection is one of them. So, so I've built some software um, that replicates my process. And I started, fortunately, building this 18 months ago because I was approached by two remote working companies who wanted help with um, developing their culture. And, and because of that, I started studying these remote companies to understand what I was building for. And they do nine things really fundamentally differently. They're over-indexed on them and they focus on them. And it's being, the first one is being deliberate about their culture. Then there's focusing on communication, being really deliberate about process and definition of process, and then documentation. They customize the recruitment process. They work very much around trust and transparency. They are results and outcomes focused to, to, a, to a fault. Um, they develop social connection. They're very, very, very good at well-being. They train their leadership teams to, to be aware that people do get lonely and people, loneliness is the first step to burnout and mental health issues and that sort of stuff. But this is, this is really a hard nut to crack because this is actually a, a whole transformation piece um, so social connection is really important, really, really important because when people feel lonely, they are very close to, you know, the issues that, are, that happen around this, which is burnout, you know, mental health and so on. And so, yes, companies should try and do more around social connection, but companies are not doing what they should be doing around asynchronous communication and documentation. So oh. too many meetings are happening. Um, and, you know, companies are just too, too many videos. So nobody wants to do another video call. You know, it's like, oh, leave me, just let me zone out for a minute. Let me decompress, please. I, you know, I'd love to talk to you, but I'm zoned out. I'm, I'm Zoomified. How do I manage that then? How, how do I know how many meetings you've had today like this? If I'm in Dallas, Texas, and you're in London, England, do I just need to ask the question? before I schedule exactly. another meeting or what? It's, it's actually, so what, what, I, what I advise my clients to do is to start to move from a speak first mentality to a write first mentality. Mm. So now if you can start to document things and, and this, is, this blows people's minds because we don't, we're not necessarily designed. We're des- designed for synchronicity. We're not designed for writing, you know, naturally. But I, I tell the CEO, First of all, we start with you. You're going to ask anybody who has a meeting with you to write an agenda, the purpose of the meeting, the, the preferred outcome, and the situation. That's where we start. And if, and, if the, and if the person doesn't write that email to you, don't have the meeting. There's no agenda if there's nothing associated with it. And then you do that for a couple of weeks and get people used to it. And then the CEO starts to do, do that back. 
So the CEO demonstrates that this actually speeds meetings up, it speeds up the communication, it saves her time and makes more time available for her. And then she shows her managers the same thing. And then you can pass it down. But it's about starting with little, little steps of changing one thing about how you handle meetings and being very disciplined about it. Obviously, if it's an emergency and it's happened like this, then you take the meeting and you deal with it. But if you've got three or four days between the request of a meeting and a meeting, a document should be produced where it, it defines what's required. In addition to that, I would say the pre-read is really important, uh, yep. particularly in, in sales. So for example, if you spend a lot of your sales meeting going around the table where everyone's talking about what deals that they're working on or you know, what problems they're having with accounts, those types of things can be written out and shared with everyone in a pre-read document so that we, we can spend our time together actually brainstorming, solving problems, you know, getting an update on, on things that concern everybody rather than having just people report out on what they're doing. So that I, I found that the pre-read, is, particularly in terms of sales meetings or whatever, is, is super helpful. And another, another thing on the sales side that is, that is really super helpful is sales onboarding. So it's either, you're either onboarding new salespeople or onboarding customers, or they're, 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 the best companies are documenting this because they're hiring new salespeople. How do the new salespeople learn? Through documentation. Otherwise, I've got to have a Zoom call to explain something that you could read in half the time. And if you then don't have a question, email me and I'll answer the question. Don't call me. Don't Zoom me. Don't Because... It's the, the sales, you know, sales is such a high, if you, if, if sales are going well, you're hiring a lot of people. You don't have the time to not be, not have it well documented and have it available for people. You know, you touched on something that we're also missing uh, from all this remote work, onboarding new salespeople because they learn socially, you know, from their colleagues and other people in the company and everything like that. And when those people aren't as available to them as they might be, if you're in an office situation or something like that, feel like we're, we're kind of missing out on some of that. You can only have so many Zoom calls and text and everything like that. Yeah, this is, this is a really hard bit, especially for younger people. We're, we're, missing, we're, missing, we're missing osmosis, which is yes. that you, know, you, you, would, you would just learn by hearing in or sitting, in, sitting next to somebody at lunch while listening to them talking. You could ask them a quick question. This is, the, you know, at the moment, there is no, there's nothing, nobody's solving for this and it's hard to solve. But I think there will be technology ultimately that comes out that, that really builds an operating system around this. We've got just a few minutes left. Your website is culturegene.ai. Brett and Putter on your Twitter and your LinkedIn. And the last question I have, I thought this was interesting. You wanted us to ask you what keeps you up at night? <laughs> <laughs> apart, apart from my one-year-old and my three-year-old. Oh. Um, <laughs> so or keeps your football me team getting relegated, maybe? <laughs> don't go there. That, 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 <laughs> oh, that's another 25 I think, minutes. <laughs> I, think, I think through those problems. That's no, that's. <laughs> that's uh, right. I'm a Villa fan. So, you know, it's like I'm used to it. So, <laughs> so, so. I, I, in my book, I talk about um, Warren Buffett's quote, which is, you don't know who's naked until swimming naked until the tide goes out. And the, the, the COVID has made the tide go out. And, but the problem is, is this isn't your usual tide going out. What's coming back is a tsunami. And it's a tsunami of issues associated with remote and hybrid work. Hybrid is the same thing as remote because you have to be a remote first hybrid company. And leaders think they're just going to go straight back into leading the way they were. And that is going to be a disaster. And that keeps me awake at night. 
So what advice would you give then to managers as, as we start to return to normal? Uh, to, but it's like we don't go all the way back because you know, time never goes backwards. So we're, how do you help managers decide then what to keep you know, about what's worked best with re the remote work and you know, what doesn't work with that you know, so that as they blend their own new normal from you know, going back to some of the ways they did things before because they can, but also taking advantage of the new things that they've learned from, from, from the COVID situation. I think the most important to think, to think to realize from a hybrid point of view is you will always have people working remotely. And previously, this didn't matter as much because there weren't tens of thousands of new companies that were going to be competing from a hybrid culture point of view. We were all the same working from an office and we all had offices. Now, if you've designed your business for, for a strong functional hybrid culture and you can explain that to people, that's what people are going to be asking in their interviews now. How are you designed around hybrid or remote work is going to be one of the, one of the key issues and key interview questions. And if you don't do this, for, if you don't design properly for the people who are working remotely, even when some people are in the office, those people working remotely are going to feel like second-class citizens. And if I feel like a second-class citizen, I will not stay with your company for very long. It's so true. think about being a remote-first hybrid environment. Well, I was going to say that's great advice because it's sort of like you know, how people are doing websites. You know, how they used to do websites for the browser experience and like that, and, and mobile was a, was a secondary thought. Now everything is mobile first, you know, because people mm -hmm. interact most likely with your website through, through the smartphone or even a tablet or something like that. And yeah. you have to build for mobile first. So likewise, then on your team culture, you're suggesting then remote first, office second. Am I hearing that exactly. right? Exactly. Remote first, because those remote, those people, the people who are remote will feel like second class citizens and they will leave. And they feel out of the loop a lot of times too. Yeah, exactly. They feel out of the loop. They feel not, in, yeah, not included. They don't experience the culture the same way. They don't experience work the same way. They feel like they have to advocate for themselves and they work. They are not, they don't feel like they're included in promotions in the same way. So if you can't balance it out and create a culture where every, where it's inclusive and everybody feels there is no advantage or disadvantage to working remotely or in the office, that, that's what you need to be aiming to do. So start thinking about that now, everybody. Brett, this was great. Great tips, great ideas. And we're just so pleased we got some of your time on a Friday. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Really, really enjoyed it. It was uh, great to work with two people who you, you guys dovetail so well. Really, oh, thank really. you. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.